of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Welcome to the Active Worship Podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Great to be with you today, and thank you for joining me in this journey through the book of Psalms, uh, continuing in book two. Uh, We are here in Psalm 62. Psalm 62, um, titled to the choir master according to Jeduthun, a psalm of David. Um. Psalm 62, the English translations might often have my soul waits for God alone. And so this is a a psalm that is about waiting and putting your trust in the Lord, which all of us can admit is difficult to do. Let's get into it. Let me read you Psalm 62. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will all of you attack a man to batter him? Like a leaning wall, a tottering fence. They only plan to, tr- to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. For God alone, O oh my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balances they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. Put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God, and that you, O Lord, belong steadfast love, for you will render to a man according to his work. So 12 verses here. Um, let's get into this. It's pretty short, but there's there's a lot here packed into this one psalm. In verse 2, where he says, He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. And this is uh, portrayals of God's protection from the dangers of life. This, these types of references are common throughout the psalms. Um, even in the previous psalms, on 61, where... Um, David says, let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. In other words, God is a protector. He is um, a protector of his people. Even in verse 1, he says, um, he sets the psalm up. He says, for God alone, my soul waits in silence. Literally, my soul is silent. In other words, true contentment can only be found in a right relationship with God. And true protection is only available in him. We, t- we tend to put all of our trust as humans in other worldly things, in riches, in money, and it's very easy to do. I think all of us at some point have put our trust in other things or other people except God, where it rightly belongs. Verse 3, 
How long will you attack a man to batter him like a leaning wall or a tottering fence? The modern idiom is to kick a man when he's down. (laughs) That's kind of the idea here that he's trying to portray. How long will you kick someone when they're down? The The wicked continue to take advantage of the week. I'm reminded of when I first bought my house, uh, my fence in my backyard, which I have a new fence now, but my fence was in terrible condition. In fact, when I was putting up a new fence, I kicked one of the panels and it just fell over. The entire panel fell over. And so, uh, you know, it was already in bad condition and here I went and kicked it and it just fell over. And, uh, but the idea here is someone that is already down and, let's be honest, humanity likes, our human nature, we love seeing people fail. We don't want to admit that we do, but we love seeing people fail, especially people we don't like. Think of a political leader, maybe on a party in a party you don't like, and uh, that person fails, maybe has a moral failure or something. Deep down, we kind of like that. It's kind of like we rejoice because that person has had a failure. And so what do we do? We just continue to throw darts at them. And yeah, that's our selfish nature. We, we shouldn't be that way, but that's how we are as humans. Humanity, if you don't believe me, watch the news, which I, I don't watch very much. I tend to read my news every morning. But um, uh, if you watch the news, especially on television, um, you know, most of the news networks lean one direction or another. And when somebody from the other side has a failure, not, not just a moral failure, any type of failure, when things are not going well for them, they tend to rejoice in that. <laughs> and they publicize it. Look what this idiot did. And, and that's kind of the idea here when he says, how long will you attack a man to batter him like a leaning fence or, or a leaning wall, a tottering fence? So David's questioning God here. How long will you allow this to happen? Verse 4. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths. In other words, the wicked add hypocrisy to their violence. But he says in verse 5, For God alone, O my soul, I wait in silence. For my hope is from him. In other words, his hope to be saved from the enemy. Verse 8, he says, trust him at all times, O people. This is a familiar verse to many people. He turns to the faithful in the congregation and encourages them to put their trust in God alone. Verse 9, those of low estate are but a breath. The, the word really can be translated variously in this context, the word breath. But it's most characteristic uh, in Ecclesiastes, where it's often translated as vanity or meaningless. The point is that people are meaningless and without consequence in and of themselves. This is not to say that human life has no value. That's not what it is meaning. But in and of themselves... People are meaningless and without consequence. And so David here takes comfort in this. And his persecutors, in reality, are not that significant. Kind of goes back to, what can mortal man do to me? If God is on your side, nothing. Verse 10. 
If riches increase, set not your heart on them. So doubt arises when people become rich through evil means. We'll get into Psalm 73 pretty soon, but Psalm 73 discusses this. But in this psalm, the author clearly sees that such riches are transitory. Riches mean nothing. It's just an earthly, temporary thing that we have. And yet, how often do we get our hopes and our desires wrapped up in money? We've all been there. Um, Perhaps, if you're married or you at one point were thinking about getting married, um, the discussion of finances has come up. And that often tends to be a... A very tense conversation. Uh, you have one person that thinks, well, we need this much money, and another that thinks, well, we need this much money, and it can become a tense situation. The reality is, it's all temporary. It's all meaningless. Don't put your trust in it. And understand that God provides for his people. Verse 12. To you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love. So God is not only able to save David, but he desires to do so. He is loving and steadfast. And he says, for you will render to a man according to his work. David has a long range perspective here. Because at present, the righteous are often at the mercy of the wicked. But from the New Testament, we understand that there will be many unresolved justices in the present life until Christ returns. Jesus promised us that. In this world, you will have troubles. But I leave you my peace. Where I am, there you may be also. But we will have troubles in this world, but ultimately God is steadfast and loving, and he desires victory for his people. I hope this is a comfort for you from Psalm 62. Here is the musical setting for Psalm 62. Thank you for listening today to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Are filled with spell.
He will. 